Welcome to Face the Climb podcast with your host, me, Jen Camille. I'm a strength coach for climbers and outdoor athletes and founder and owner of the online training business, Face the Climb. This podcast is an extension of that business, and we dive into topics all about strength training, lifting, the benefits of lifting for your climbing and your outdoor athlete pursuits. But we also dive into why lifting is so beneficial and why you should be adding strength training into your life because it's not just a phase, it is a lifestyle and the benefits go far beyond just improving your performance. If you're looking to find more information, you can check out the blog on facetheclimb.com backslash blog. And you can also give me a follow on Instagram at face the climb. Now let's dive into today's episode. Welcome face the climb podcast listeners. I am excited for today's episode and I hope you really enjoy it. This episode, I interview registered dietitian who works specifically, generally specifically with climbers. I know that she has worked with a couple different athletes beyond just climbing, but her specialty is intuitive eating for climbers and her name is Kiara, an amazing human being. I first met her, she climbs at my climbing gym, which is really cool. And we talk about in this episode pre, during, and post-fueling, but then also all about intuitive eating. And it was such a great conversation. I was so happy to finally be able to get her on the podcast. And she does right now currently have her one-on-one coaching available. She just relaunched it this month. So if you are interested at all, definitely go check out her Instagram, which is Climbing Dietitian. And then I also have a bunch of different things in the show notes, freebies that she gives out to people. So you can go and check those out as well and enjoy the rest of the episode. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Face the Climb podcast. Super excited for this one because we have Kiara on today to talk all about nutrition for climbing and intuitive eating for climbers. So this is going to be a good one for all of you. And some of you submitted questions and we'll be asking them and getting to them. But Kiara is a registered dietitian, a climber herself, and you can find her on Instagram. Her Instagram handle is climbing dietitian. She has her own nutrition for climbers business. And I hear absolutely amazing things about the work that she does. And maybe one day I'll even be able to work with her. That would be super exciting. And yeah, if you could introduce yourself a little bit more. Oh, she's also a dog mom now. Super exciting. Yes. And also a future, going to be a future mom mom. (laughs) Future baby mom. (laughs) Not just a dog mom. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. So the agreement was you start rock, plant, dog, baby. And so we were pregnant a few months in and then decided we had to go back and get the dog before we have the baby. So that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. So I'm Kiara um, and registered dietitian, been registered dietitian for several years now. Um, And yeah, I love, I am so stoked about helping people both make peace with food and fuel strategically. And man, Jen, be a dream to work with you. We could just talk about bagels all day long. Yes. I actually had a bagel before this. <laughs> I saw, I was like dietitian approved. Go bagels. Have you ever had Omo bagels? No. You have to. It, they're in New Haven area. Like, oh my gosh. In like the 
East, I guess maybe it's still considered East Rock. Yes, if any of you are in Connecticut listening to this, you have to go to All Mulbagos. I probably said that so wrong, but so good. I'm so going to check that out. I'm definitely going to check that out. Have you you ever made your own bagels? I don't think I've tried. I've made pretzels, but I hear that people like doing that. I have not. Um, I have one of my athletes actually made me bagels and they were delicious. She said they're easy to make. So (laughs) yeah, one of my athletes currently makes them and it's like Greek yogurt and flour. And I think an egg wash or something, they're supposed to be super easy, but also it's so easy to buy bagels. (laughs) It is easy to buy bagels and get in my car and go to Omo Bagel. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here and taking your time out of your business business day. This is a business working day for you, which is exciting. And in good old Face the Climb podcast fashion, what is your favorite crack snack and coffee before we dive in? 100%. So I do have to make a confession. I actually don't drink coffee. You know what? <laughs> so it's, okay. Non, it's okay. It's I okay. am a non, non-coffee drinker. Um, but I do love I do love many beverages, including I'm super into chai right now. I want to like make my own because someone gave it to us for Christmas. It was like freaking amazing. Um, So very into chai. Sorry. How do you make your own chai? So you know how you can buy like the chai mix? Mm -hmm. So basically someone literally handed me a jar and they actually gave me a recipe. I'll share it with you. Um, But it's like all of these spices and then like ground like tea and things like I think powdered milk and something to sweeten it and then basically you just like blend the crap out of it until it's like a really fine powder and then you just put a couple spoonfuls into like some people do water I think that would be nasty I always mix mine in milk because like how could you not do that (laughs) that sounds better Um, it's so good though. It's like so nutmeggy. It's like it's almost got like those eggnog vibes, like just so delicious. Ooh, that does sound good. That does sound good. Yeah. Because I mean, like, I know you're not a coffee drinker, but I love a good dirty chai. That's <laughs> chai and espresso. So mm. that sounds delicious. You know, coffee sounds good to me. And it also smells really good. Like my husband loves coffee. Um, but it's just like it's one of those things where I'd have to force myself to like it. And mm-hmm. I'm just at a point in my life where it's like, I like what I like. Yeah. It's <laughs> I'm not, not going like, to make myself like anything else at this point. You know what you like. All right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then as far as like crag snacks, it's so hard for me to narrow down favorite foods because I literally like so many things and it's constantly changing, mm-hmm. but I'm super into, well, I was going to say bagels. Um, That's okay. I often suggest <laughs> is like canned fruit. I really love canned fruit and it's like easy to pack. It's got like 75 grams of carbs, which is hard to eat otherwise, but like it goes Mm -hmm. down really easy. Yeah. So you can really pack in some carbs, like no problem with like a can of peaches. Um, And then aside from that, I'm super into like blender breads and blender muffins where you just like dump oats and then a bunch of other stuff in a blender. Actually, I use a food processor, I guess. Um, And I've got, oh my gosh, I make so many different types of those, but like lemon cranberry ones, they're just like also super yummy and also pack lots of carbs. Do you bake them afterwards? Yeah. So basically you basically just dump all of the stuff in a food processor. So I think I have, I actually should have a bunch of recipes on my blog, but um, it's like oats, 
And then whatever, like there's kind of like a base mix. And then I sort of just modified the recipe to like some have bananas, some have pumpkin. I made like an apple one last weekend. Um, so you basically just blend all the stuff and then you dump it either in like a muffin tin or like a baking pan and then you just bake it. So it's nice because there's like no mixing. You just dump and blend and dump again. <laughs> That's bake. so good. Oh, I need to do that. I'm not a baker. And a lot of it just has to do with that it like all, all the things that you need for it. I usually don't have around, but then That's I tricky. also, mm-hmm. this also sounds good for me because I don't like sticking to recipes. <laughs> I don't no. Yeah. Me neither. I, I try to stick a little more with baking, but mm-hmm. I am definitely more of a use it for ideas and general direction mm-hmm. and then just make up the rest myself. I think yeah. I just don't like reading instructions. Like if I have to put something together, I really don't want to have to read the instructions. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. It like, I don't know. It's really hard for me to read instructions and then follow them. That is fine. That is fine. I will have to try those though. So we got chai, which absolutely, chai is so good. Canned fruit, which now that I didn't realize that it had that many carbs, which is awesome for a climbing crack snack. And then good old make your blended baked goods. Blended baked goods. Yes, that's 100%. Thank you. I like those. For sure. So we'll dive in first to someone's question that was submitted through Instagram. And I think this is a question that is asked a lot by climbers and a lot of climbers aren't sure how to go about it. But eating, like pre-eating for your climbing session. So specifically, they had asked about like their gym climbing session. So we're probably talking like a two hour session, not like a, not like a full crag day, you know, not a full day of climbing outside. And they simply were talking about like timing. Um, If you could talk, answer that, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to fueling like before, during and after, what it really comes down to is the timing and the composition. And I hear from a lot of people, a lot of you guys might've experienced this yourself, but the tricky thing about pre-climbing fueling is you want to maximize the fuel that you're going into a session with, mm-hmm. but you don't want to feel like you have a rock sitting in your stomach. Yes. <laughs> and so you're kind of like trying to balance those two things. And so that's where the timing comes in. And I break pre-climbing fueling into kind of like two different time chunks. So like there's the two to four hour before time chunk, and then the one to two hour before, and then like less than 60 minutes and like, you know, during. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily have to have a, like a special pre-climbing meal. Like if you're eating within two or three hours, like let's say you're having lunch mm-hmm. or a snack, you don't necessarily have to add something, but yeah. a lot of times it is helpful. Like if you know you're going to be hungry in the middle of your session or right before. Mm-hmm. So two to four hours before it's basically a regular meal because you have two to four hours to digest. So that means it should have some protein, some carbs. Carbs are always the most important thing pre-climbing because that's your body's fuel. So the carbs, some protein, some fat, you can have some fiber, which is going to be in things like, you know, veggies and beans and things like that. Um, But as you get closer, you want your meals to be more easily digestible because you have less time and digestion requires a lot of blood. Your muscles need blood when you're climbing, like you don't want the tug of war happening in the middle of your session. So then one to two hours before it's going to be mainly carbs with a smaller amount of protein. So maybe I would have that can of peaches Mm -hmm. with some Greek yogurt 
because that's, you know, high in protein, but I wouldn't necessarily have like half of a chicken breast, Mm -hmm. you know, that close. Um, and then less than 60 minutes before it's easy to digest carbs. So that would be like the can of peaches. Um, and there is some, there is some like individualization here where depending on how hungry you are, you may be able to get away with more protein and fat. So like if I'm, you know, I'm 30 minutes from the gym. Um, if I'm a certain level of hungry, I know that I can get away with a bagel with cream cheese on it. Whereas like if I was less hungry, I'd probably want to do the bagel with like not very much on it. But if I'm pretty hungry, I'm like, nope, that'll definitely be okay. So some of this you have to experiment a little bit with. Um, But the takeaways are carbs are the most important thing and just focus on things that are easier to digest as you get closer. And I do have a fueling guide. I wonder if maybe we could link to that. Oh, we totally could. That Um, would be awesome. I could add it to the show notes for people to find um, and like get over to your webpage. Yeah. So that walks through pre-climbing, mid-climbing, post-climbing, and then just a bunch of examples and like carbs mm-hmm. and proteins to mix and match. Cause it can be really confusing. Then yeah, people no. are like, what are carbs? And like, what are proteins and how much has what? <laughs> yeah, no, completely. And I like the, you mentioning the canned peaches. Cause I think, I think a lot of people, a lot of times, you know, especially people going straight from work to the climbing gym, they are like, I just got it. Like, all I can do is grab a granola bar, but there are more options out there to get your carbs in that aren't just like the nature Valley granola bar thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like I'm, uh, I'm definitely a fan of granola bars, but like, yeah, it could be, it could be a bagel. Like a bagel has 60 grams of carbs, which is like awesome. So there's definitely lots and lots of, you know, different like food ideas. And then the thing to remember too, is if you accidentally underfuel a little bit pre-climbing, you can always top off in the middle. So Mm -hmm. just like you have easy to digest carbs less than 60 minutes before, during a session, you also want easy to digest carbs. So that could be like, you know, a banana, like a big banana would have 30 grams, or it could be some fruit snacks. Or it could be the dreaded granola bar or it could be some blender muffins or something. So there's, there's lots of different things that you could have, but, um, yeah, you could definitely always know that you can top off in the middle. And we are taking a little break from this episode to let you all know if you have been enjoying Face the Climb podcast, if you've been able to take little climbing gems out of these episodes and start implementing into your climbing and see an improvement in your climbing, if you have found that this podcast has helped you look at climbing in a different lens and also go about your climbing differently and just help you understand that yes, what you are going through is valid in your climbing, no matter what grade that you are climbing at. And if you've been feeling those things, enjoying this podcast, and are looking for a way to support, you can do so by going down into the show notes and clicking on the buy me a cup of coffee link. That is buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb. Again, that is buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb. If you are looking for a way to do a reoccurring support for this podcast, then you can also choose that option by going down into the show notes and choosing the Buzzsprout subscriptions. Ah, absolutely appreciate your support so much and cannot thank you all enough. 
Seriously, that is, again, two separate ways that you can support this podcast. The first is by going to buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb and or doing the Buzzsprout subscriptions. You can find both of those down in the show notes. And again, I cannot thank you all enough for the sport. I absolutely love podcasting. Now we'll get back to the rest of the episode. Yeah, I think that's important because I think a lot of times climbers, they'll be in their session and they'll start feeling the decrease and a lot of it more so has to do with they don't have the energy. It's not yeah. those, it's not so much that like the their session itself is tiring them. It's just that they didn't have the energy for it. Right. You're like starting to, you know, run on empty and it's mm-hmm. like your body definitely can't perform to the max with, you know, less and less energy. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of the fruits and I'm a big fan of the, um, what is it? The sour watermelons. <gasps> the sour patch watermelon. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love those so much. Those are so good. I love those for like a little pick me up during the climbing session. They're so great. They're so great. And even like, um, you know, this is also to where like sports drinks come in mm-hmm. and this can be something you get or something that you just like whip up yourself. Um, but like, you know, those liquid carbs, you know, if you're not, if you're like not super hungry or you just don't like to eat during a session or your appetite's just a little low, maybe you are at the crag and it's super hot out, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just sipping on something makes a huge difference. Even if like, you know, you're not actually eating anything. Completely, completely. And then someone also was wondering, asked about post climbing. I know this is always a hot topic for people to ask about, like, in terms of timing of eating after your session of what you're looking for. Yep. 100%. So any fueling is always better than no fueling. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's always better to be focusing on like making progress versus doing things perfectly. But in an ideal world, you know, a climber would have a post-climbing meal within like one to two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, In the beginning part of that recovery window, there's a lot of muscle protein synthesis happening. You know, the body's replenishing glycogen stores. If you haven't heard of glycogen before, um, glycogen is carbohydrate stores in your muscles and liver. So that's like a little fuel storage spot that you have. And so a lot of that is happening um, pretty early on. And so ideally climbers would have, again, it's carbs and protein. Mm-hmm. Um, the carbs are for replenishing the glycogen, the proteins for the muscle protein synthesis. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there, there are different recommendations out there as far as how much, mm-hmm. um, but generally speaking, you know, somewhere between like 20 and 40 grams of protein is, is good to shoot for. Um, and then this will be, um, I think this, this should be in the guide as well, but, um, as far as the carbs, it would be like at least, you know, like a third of like a plate, yeah. um, or like a couple of fists which is going to be somewhere around, you know, 60 plus, you know, grams. Um, so a cup of starch usually has around 45 grams. Okay. Um, it's like a cup of pasta or a cup of potatoes or something. Awesome. And so it's, it's carbs and protein, um, you know, ideally within one to two hours of your session. If you're going to be having dinner within four hours and maybe you're like, oh yeah, I'm not going to have dinner, you know, re- you know, this early, you could just have a snack. You know, you mm-hmm. could have a protein shake and some fruit. Or like 
you know, a muffin or something just to kind of like get something in and then you have, you know, have the rest later. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. I know me personally, if I don't eat within a certain time frame of my session, I definitely get hangry. That is a thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I get very totally, <laughs> totally. And there comes a point where once you've kind of passed that ideal level of hunger, like a lot of times it's like, oh, I need to wait until I'm down to empty to eat. Just like, you know, some mm. of us will, you know, wait until we're almost out of gas to like get more gas yeah. for our cars. Yep. Um, but it, but it's really not ideal to do that when it comes to hunger. Um, Cause your body just goes into such like food search mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you just think about hunger and fullness hormones, it's really hard to feel full when you've gotten really, 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 really hungry. So it's just much more comfy to like eat when you're happily hungry versus when you're like, primally starving. Yeah, completely. It's my friends are really good at looking out for me, especially on crack days. They're like, Jen, hangry Jen's coming out. You need to go eat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's even hard to like pick up on like, especially if you're like, sometimes even just, um, like, you know, sometimes even just climbing can be an appetite suppressant or if it's really hot out or you're, if you're at a comp and you're like, you've got all those nerves, like there are a lot of things that just kind of like, you know, stuff hunger. And so sometimes you have to like really try to just increase the awareness of that or tune into non-traditional hunger cues, right? Like traditionally Mm -hmm. we think of, Oh, my stomach feels empty, but there are so many other you know, indicators that like, you know, we're hungry and the hanger coming on is definitely, definitely one of them. Yeah, that's a little too far. We try to prevent the hangry gen from yes. coming out. But no, I definitely, I, I will feel that. I definitely, it's one of those things now where I actually pack more snacks than I think I'll need. Yes. And then I remind myself like every, like honestly, every hour on like a full climbing day, yep. I'm like putting something in my mouth. Yep. <laughs> so. And that's, that's the way to do it. That really is the way to do it. It's, it's so much better to have way more than you need mm-hmm. than to think you're going to run out and be like, oh man, like yeah. I definitely don't have enough stuff. And also the brain just doesn't appreciate that. No. Like the brain does really well with just like abundance, plenty, mm-hmm. nothing's running out. Completely. And we're going to take a little break from this episode because I want you while whatever you are doing right now to imagine, to imagine how it would feel to finally send your project how it would feel to walk up a climb, walk up to a climb that you know that you deserve to be at, to flash a grade that you were used to struggle at, to be able to come up with different beta options that you had never thought of before, to commit to those scary moves, to finally climb dynamically, to actually feel and see a progression in your climbing when you've hit that plateau. How would it feel? Think about those questions and truly imagine how it would feel to accomplish all of those said things. Because that feeling is possible. It actually is possible whether you believe it or not. But the question is, how do you get there? Well, coaching helps a lot. Coaching provides you structure, the accountability, support, the training needed. But on your end, There's that deep desire to finally reach those feelings. So if you're ready to take that next step and reach those feelings and you're ready to do this and dive in, shoot me a DM over at Instagram at FaceTheClimb or send me an email, jen at FaceTheClimb.com. 
because right now I am currently taking on more athletes and it has been so exciting to be able to onboard a couple more athletes over these past few weeks while still being able to work with the athletes that I've been working at. And I'm here to tell you that feeling that pops into your head as you imagine those those questions and actually accomplishing those things, that feeling is possible. And coaching sure as hell will help get you there faster, as it has for all of the athletes that I have worked with. So again, if you're ready to take that step and reach that desire and finally feel that feeling, shoot me a DM over at Instagram, face the climb, and we'll get back to the rest of the episode. So thank you for that. I know that was, that's a bit like those, the whole timing thing with eating and climbing is a huge thing that climbers struggle with and are always curious about, but we did have someone else ask because this is kind of, I would say your specialty or what you're known for. They had asked about intuitive eating for climbing. So could you kind of explain what intuitive eating is? Yes. I love talking about this. Awesome. Um, yes, yes. So intuitive eating, there's a lot of buzz around it right now because the wellness slash like diet industry is like noticing that they're, it's kind of picking up steam and they're trying to figure out like how they can monetize it more. Um, yeah. but truly, truly what intuitive eating is, it's, it's a non-diet health focused versus like weight focused, mm-hmm. um, framework. And it's kind of characterized by giving yourself unconditional permission to eat what sounds good in an amount that feels good. And so that's, it's like both kind of like the psychological and the physiological components. Um, And that has to be determined by like, you know, also tuning into like hunger and fullness cues. Uh, So, you know, it can kind of sound mysterious, but really, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's the opposite of dieting. And if dieting didn't, if dieting wasn't kind of like the norm in Mm -hmm. our culture, intuitive eating would literally be eating. It would, it'd be what every person just does naturally, but we're all kind of conditioned by like dieting rules Mm -hmm. and a dieting mindset. And so the norm really is dieting. And that's why intuitive eating doesn't feel intuitive anymore because we've like just had a diet mindset for decades, even if we're not like actually trying to lose weight, people still kind of have that diet mindset. So this is what babies and really, really tiny children do before they kind of like pick up on, um, on all like, you know, the dieting rules. Yeah. That was a great explanation. I really liked how you mentioned this would just be normal eating (laughs) if it wasn't for the culture that has been created. And I think it is huge as well, especially in the climbing culture dieting is such a big thing and kind of has been almost the standard norm, which is one. Oh yeah. Not, not good. It's not good. Um, yeah. so I love that you're doing like getting the awareness of intuitive eating out there for climbers. And I know that you have your, um, you just started the second round of your intuitive climbing court, like group coaching. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yep. The intuitive climber. So we're in, we're like, four weeks in now to the second cohort. Um, and it is, it's so fun. It goes so fast. It goes so fast. Um, but it's a blast. I I absolutely love it. So yeah, what I try to do, um, you know, it feels like with intuitive eating, it feels like when you first think about it, it's like, okay, 
you know, if I let myself eat what I want, that means I'm like sacrificing my health and sacrificing my performance. And that's not true. Like things, Mm -hmm. things definitely balance out, but that's how it feels, right? You're like, oh my gosh, like, can I truly give myself permission to eat cookies? Like when I just eat cookies endlessly and the reality is no. Um, because again, we're eating what feels good and eating cookies endlessly, endlessly. There's a, there's a point where that doesn't like feel good anymore, but, um, yeah, it's really cool to be able to both focus on intuitive eating and also strategic fueling. Cause one of the last principles, there's like 10 principles, if you like deep dive into it, but the last one is gentle nutrition. And once somebody has a really solid relationship with food you know, they can make strategic choices without diet motives. And that's really what it comes down to. It comes down to your motivation. Like, you know, if you choose a salad because that's the lowest calorie option, that's diet motivation there. But if you choose a salad because you're like, oh man, like this is what sounds good. And like, it's going to be so refreshing. And like, you know, I know it's got things in there that are really good for me. And I'm like trying to get more veggies or whatever. You can do that without having like, you can do that with a pure motive and that's, we can do the exact same thing for like fueling. Um, but the key is that like, you know, when I teach in the program and in one-on-one coaching, when I'm teaching, you know, fueling principles Mm -hmm. like 20 to 40 grams of protein, one to two hours after climbing with this much carbs, it's really important to know that you filter that through your intuition. And a lot of times what, intellectually makes sense for what we need for climbing performance. A lot of times that matches with what you intuitively want, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you want ice cream after you climb and that's what you want for dinner. And if that's what you want, have it. Um, Like, like that's where you have, like, you know, the intuitive eating has to um, be the priority over the strategic feeling, but they can work completely, you know, hand in hand together. Yeah. I like that. I like that salad example that you just gave, because I think that's um, maybe where climbers kind of miss the connection or like Mm. misconnecting the dots. They're like, oh, I thought though that it's like I eat whatever I want, but it's like, no, it's like realizing why you're eating it, like where that is coming from. So 100%. You mentioned like, are you is the motivation because it's low in calories or is the motivation? Cause you're like, Oh man, that sounds really good right now. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Oh my gosh. The motivation really like, you know, I had, a, um, you know, I had an eating disorder for like a decade and I do a lot of the same things. Like, you know, there are, there are choices that I make that'll be similar, but I make them for such different reasons. Yeah. And so like, you know, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I don't want a cookie. Cause like I had a cookie earlier and it was great, but it doesn't sound good, as good as it did, you know, before. Mm-hmm. Um, but before if I had told myself I couldn't have had a cookie, it would have been for a completely different reason. And then because it's for a different motivation, the result is entirely different. Completely. And and the reality is that any form of restriction, it always winds you up to swing towards more like eating that feels out of control. Mm-hmm. And as you move away from restriction, you'll actually find that the body is really beautifully designed for balance. And so even though when I'm starting to first work with someone and they're like, Oh my gosh, Kara, you don't understand. Like I can't stop eating potato chips. or like, I can't stop eating cookies or bread or whatever it is. Like there's no way I can bring that into my house and keep it around. Um, you can, you really can slowly, but surely kind of normalize foods like that. Yeah. And it's so crazy. Like with dieting culture, you know, dieting tells you, Oh, your body's busted. So let's add lots and lots of layers of control. Mm -hmm. so that you can control your 
food addicted like body. But the unfortunate thing is that the more layers of control we add, the more the body's like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to protect you. Like, yeah, keep looking for food for us. And, and as you like start, as your body can learn to trust you again, and you learn to trust your body again, it's really crazy how you're like, how you just naturally find more like moderation without actually trying to find it. It's really interesting. It's so backwards. It is. And that's just, it just shows how messed up society is in general. <laughs> like, yeah. eating, especially, especially in this climbing world, for sure. Yeah. So. There's definitely, yeah. I think, I think dieting culture is very closely connected with a focus on like the sociocultural thin ideal. Mm-hmm. And so there is a, you know, performance motivation for that, like with climbing as Mm -hmm. like a sport that does have a strength to weight ratio element, Mm -hmm. um, and a really strong perception that lighter is better always. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they just, they do really go hand in hand together. And there's been some really exciting things happening in the climbing community, you know, over the past like year or so. Um, but I think, you know, it is just going to take some time because the roots go really deep, right? Like when you're trying Mm -hmm. to make a massive, you know, social paradigm shift, like it's a big boat to turn around. It it's is. Really to turn around. So it takes time. It is. And it, it takes, it does take a lot of time. Uh, but so thankful that you are one of the people that's doing this and like helping the move that shift for sure. I know that there's other registered dietitians out there as well doing this. In the yes. Community, uh, which is awesome. And then to wrap it up, there was one more question from one of your former people who is now one of my athletes. So thank you. Cause you, her. she asked, how is, how come Kiara is so amazing? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. She's going to make me blush. <laughs> I, I honestly, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Cause you are, how do you, awesome. how do you answer a question like that? <laughs> it's awesome. Especially because, you know, and you know, I definitely get it as well as with many other coaches in the industry and registered dietitians. When we're trying to make a shift into what the cultural norm is, there's definitely backlash and all of that. So I wanted to say thank you for <laughs> continuing to push through that because it's not easy. Um, but that is, I think that adds to the amazingness. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough. And the thing, the thing that I try to remember is that. I mean, even when I became a dietitian, like my field in general is, mm-hmm. is still very like diet culture based. And like, that was how I was trained. That was how I was raised. And I think like, uh, the internet is such a tough place to do this kind of work because like you know, people are very okay with, with just like, yeah, throwing a lot of stuff out there. Um, but the thing that I try to remember and that I try to have my clients remember too, because like when you, when you become more of an intuitive eater and make peace with food and start to see the way that the world works, it really changes everything. And sometimes when you have your eyes opened like that, you're like, oh my gosh, like how has everyone else not figured this out? Um, but I think it's just trying to remember that, like, I believed some really harmful things just a few years ago. And there's a point where you just don't know. And then, you know, and then things change. Yeah. And a lot of people are in that they just don't know yet. And so hopefully we can bring more of them into, you know, having gone through that shift. But yes. yeah, 
it's, it's like great stuff. It's super rewarding, even with like the tough pieces. And I think it also just brings a lot of meaning to, um, like, yeah, I'm really glad that all of my disordered eating days, like get to be put to really good use now. Like that feels really awesome. Yeah, yeah completely. Uh, yeah. and I just want to say thank you. We'll kind of wrap it up with that. But I just want to say thank you for joining the podcast. I know a lot of people are going to be stoked about this episode and learn a lot. And for anyone listening here, if you want to learn more about what Kiara does, you can check out her Instagram handle, which is Climbing Dietitian, if you don't already follow her. I'll also add it to the show notes and a link to her website. But she does do one-on-one coaching. And then she runs, from what I hear, an amazing we kind of mentioned intuitive climbing coaching group program. So if you're interested at all, you should definitely go check out her stuff. So thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. Thanks for listening to another Face the Climb podcast episode. It has been a pleasure having you here. And if you're looking for more ways to dive into lifting and strength training, definitely go check out the free lifting guide, which you can find down in the show notes and or on my website, www.facetheclimb.com. This is the guide to set yourself up for success in the weight room and doing it with confidence. We dive into how to build up strength. We dive into auto-regulation, sets and reps, progressive overload to help you build that strength through educational videos. But then we also dive into how a bunch of how to do exercise videos like deadlifts, rows, bench press for barbells and dumbbells. This is guide is jam packed with information and an amazing resource if you're looking to get into lifting. And of course, make sure you go and follow me on Instagram at face the climb. I would love to see you there and have conversations. All right. Have a good rest of your day, y'all.